Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Hired Graduate Podcast. I'm Jason Hilliard, your host, and our goal as a show is to talk about getting into and through college and navigating the what's next with as little debt as possible. We talk about a range of college and career topics with directors of college admissions, career services, counselors, authors, and professionals. Show notes, helpful links, and artifacts for all of our episodes can be found at our podcast page at www.hiredgraduate.com. Subscribe to our show at iTunes or Android, share this episode with a friend, and give the podcast a rating. That's how the show will be found by others and stick around. Hired Graduate is all about graduating college with a job and no debt. So let's get started. Hey everyone, Jason Hilliard here, back for another episode of Hired Graduate. Today we'll be talking about saving and saving for college. Uh, I'm actually excited about the topic. I have a finance degree and uh, do enjoy when we get a little bit on the finance side of things. We've talked to several uh, different colleges, directors of admission at different schools uh, on some previous episodes, but today's the first episode. We'll be uh, kind of diving into the financial side of college, and it is one of the um, important categories of uh, best fit in terms of finding the right college. Uh, financial fit is a big part of that equation. And uh, one of the ways to help position students to getting into uh, and affording college and getting out of college, basically graduating on time, is to have college paid for. And so one of the best ways to do that is to start a savings plan early in life uh, for that student. And uh, this is going to be an episode focused on the saving for college equation and uh, talking specifically about the 529 plan. So I will be asking for advice uh, from Paul Curley, who is our expert on the topic of 529 savings plans, and he'll talk about the types of plans out there. Um, what is a 529 plan? What are the benefits of that savings vehicle? How to pick the right plan? Uh, and basically what type of investments, how to can start to consider the the types of investments would make the most sense within a plan, as well as other advice he has for families considering saving for college. So now on to our interview. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Hired Graduate Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hilliard, and today we'll be interviewing Paul Curley, the Director of College Savings Research at Strategic Insight in Boston, Massachusetts, a strong advocate of saving for college and using the 529 College Savings Plan as a vehicle to paying for college. Now, for those of you who don't know, the 529 Savings Plan was introduced over 20 years ago and is one of the most popular college savings vehicles available to those that plan to send their children to college. A Wall Street Journal article by Shauna Schoenberger in June 2016 reported that there are 12 million 529 savings accounts totaling in excess of $250 billion in assets to help parents and families pay for college. While this is an average of about 20000 per 529 account, the reality is that this only covers one year of public in-state college costs for students who will live on campus. This demonstrates an important need to get started sooner rather than later to covering the rising cost of college education. We're fortunate to have Paul Curley on the line, a graduate of Emory University and the current director of college savings research who has taken time out of his schedule to talk savings. So, Paul, thanks for stopping by and welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Um, much appreciated and look forward to today's conversation. Sure, great. I see Emory University, a uh, highly selective private university in Atlanta, Georgia, with nearly 15,000 students I looked up, about 8,000 undergraduate and 7,000 in graduate and professional schools. So tell me, what was it like attending Emory University? 
Uh, coming from the, the Boston, New England area, it was, it was a great school, um, you know, great weather, <laughs> especially through the winter. Sure. Um, I, found, I found that a lot of the students were, were driven uh, students, um, you know, and one of the great uh, data points that kind of backs that is, is, a, is roughly at, at that point in time, 92% uh, of, of graduates go to grad school within three years of graduating from undergrad. So, um, you know, a lot of the students were, were pretty um, you know, driven for, you know, like, like achieving, you know, long-term career goals and career focus. But, you know, that being said, it was, it was a great school, great location, um, right outside of the suburbs of Atlanta. So, um, you know, a lot of opportunities for, for internships and the such, and, you know, great food. And, and, um, I, I think that was a nice element where there's a lot of, uh, graduate schools there as well that, um, you know, just sort of like, you know, allows there to be a pretty good, you know, student body in terms of, um, you know, focus and, and, you know, higher education. So, you know, great, great school, great people, great professors. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Awesome. That's great. And I have good, heard good things about the school. Uh, what good advice or guidance would you give for folks interested in, in maybe going to Emory and, and whether it would be a good school for them? How would you, how would you qualify what things they might think about for, for Emory? Yeah. I mean, obviously as with any school, you know, doing a, a campus visit, you know, when the school's in session is, is, um, you know, provides a lot of insight, but I, I, I think the, um, looking at the academics, you know, in terms of there being a fit in terms of academics, financial, personal, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of good vibes that, that one would learn while there. And so, um, you know, like driving, you know, past the, the, you know, data statistics, it, it being a top ranked school, I think that, that those pieces, you know, also help, um, you know, bring, um, you know, bring it into the bigger picture as well. So, um, you know, definitely visit campus, you know, and, uh, for those up north and, um, you know, try and visit it during, during the wintertime. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. That, that would definitely be an added benefit for those that have endured a lot of winters. Uh, I've come from Nebraska and the idea of being in the South or the Southeast, uh, definitely is appealing, especially this, this time of year. So, um, but yeah, that, uh, and I would imagine Emory being a highly selective school, it had students that were pretty well diversified. They were probably coming from all the different states, different countries. You had people from all over coming into the school. That was probably a pretty neat experience. Yeah, that's very true. You know, it's um, you know, it's a very national school. It it tries its hard hardest to be, you know, national, international. Um, you know, a lot of great you know backgrounds and and very diverse on on a number of different angles. Um, you know, that being said, it is a you know very competitive school and. Um, you know, great professors and, and, you know, very driven, you know, um, student body. So, um, you know, great, great, great school. And um, I, I was very happy to, to have uh, attended it for undergrad. Awesome. Well, good. Uh, well, I think we'll kind of shift gears over to the topic of college savings. And, and one reason I wanted to, to get you on and was excited to have the conversation with you based on, you know, your role and, and what you do um, as the director of um, college uh, savings research uh, at college, uh, Strategic Insight, I thought, what would you tell an audience of elementary school families are the main reasons that saving for college is important? And when do you think that families should begin? How would you answer that? Yeah, I mean, I very timely topic. Um, not a day, not a week goes by that we're not hearing more and more families talk about student loan debt. Um, you, know, you know, for many families, there's sort of so much focus on on getting you know their their children into college, 
um, but very little is, is said or talked about, you know, about, you know, how they're going to pay for college. Um, you know, and, and at times it, it doesn't take place until, you know, the, the bill arrives in the, you know, in, in the mail, um, or I guess by, you know, by email nowadays, but, um, you know, that strategy doesn't work. And today we, we see that, that, that has resulted in the, the growth in, in student loan debt. And, um, you know, I'm always happy to, to help raise awareness and understanding and education on, on the need for college financial planning. And, and that's why we're here today. And, you know, I, I think, I think the biggest advice is just to, you know, you know, you know, save now or, or save, um, you know, pay even more later. Um, you know, all too often people say like, you know, you know, a dollar saved now is, is a dollar saved later, but it's really, you know, a dollar saved now is almost $2 later, you know, once you pay the, um, you know, pay the principal back and interest and, um, you know, so it's, it really is, um, you know, like a multiplier effect over time, but, you know, save, save early, save often, and, and you'll have more options for sending your, your student to school now. Yeah. And what she said is true. I, I know that, uh, I think it was a, it was an alarming article written by the Consumer Reports last summer uh, about the the just the drastic effects that college uh, costs and having student loans to support those costs are having on individuals. And it's um, I think I think it's fair to say that it has become an epidemic in some circles uh, where students having debt and and to your point of the dollar becoming $2. So a student loan, if I think I understand this right from that article, if I have $30,000, I'm using that number because I think that 30 to 40,000 is the average amount of debt that students have today coming out of college. And that number's going up at a pretty good rate um, just based on the the current cost of college on an annual basis. But if I say $30,000 is what I have coming out of college as debt, as a loan that needs to be paid back, it's likely that I'll pay back fifty to sixty thousand dollars total. So covering that thirty thousand, there's that interest and there's um, interest fees, and a lot of students defer payments. And based on a lot of the different payback options available to students, it extends that payback period. And when you do that, you basically are at the sacrifice of a lot of fees, uh, interest expense that ex- that starts to grow, and um, all becomes part of that equation. So um, that definitely resonated with me as I read that article. Yeah, just you know, couldn't agree more. The uh, you know, and and one of the items that people just you know don't don't realize until it's too late is that you know student loan debt is nearly you know impossible to disperse in, in bankruptcy court. Um, you know, and so it's, if you're a co-signer of, of a student loan, it's like, you know, even if that the, um, you know, student, you know, can't or doesn't, um, you know, that, that the parent is still liable to pay it back. Um, so it's, it, it is, a, you know, it's very important to, to, you know, you know, get rid of that student loan debt as soon as possible, not just for the, you know, the, um, you know, paying off the, the interest rate faster, but, you know, because it's, uh, People don't realize until that aspect until it's too late. Yeah, you're right. And I think, and even too late is maybe they're not all the way through college. They could be a junior or a senior and they've had this cumulative loan kind of effect happening. And at some point, mom and dad or, or some family member realizes, I, I just can't keep co-signing on these loans. And, um, you know, because the rate of the rate of dropout for colleges has increased also at a pretty high rate. And so um, I think that upfront planning and upfront financial affordability, having the money saved would certainly eliminate or at least mitigate that risk that 
you're going to need more money later and you're going to need more loans later. So kind of brings us back to the, the my next question, which is, what is, Paul, a 529 savings plan and what are some of the benefits of this savings vehicle? Yeah, a, a 529 college savings plan is a tax advantage savings vehicle with um, that typically does have state tax uh, deductions or or um, or uh, deductions or credits on on the contribution. So, so currently there's over 30 states with a state tax uh, dedu- deduction or credit, you know, on the amount contributed into the account. Um, you know, the, the account grows tax free, and, and distributions, um, you know, when made for qualified higher education expenses are are used for are you know are, are dispersed also tax free. So, um, you know, in, in that case, it's it's um you know has a great you know great tax benefit. But a, a little known piece um, as well is also that 529 plans, um, you know, have have great benefits in terms of the, um, you know, the way that FAFSA, um, the FAFSA, you know, financial aid application applies the money, you know, within um, a 529 account versus, um, you know, just a, a money market account or, or just a bank account. Um, so fi- assets in 529s um, that, that are owned by the parents and, and uh, you know, for the benefit of the student, you know, it increases uh, the, the expected family contribution by 5.6, up, up to 5.64% or less, where if that same money was, um, you know, essentially being held in, in the student's name, it, it would be, you know, 20%. So, um, you know, so there's the tax component, but then there's also the, the FAFSA component to 529 plans. Yeah, that's important too, because the, and what you're speaking to there is uh, that whole, riddle when you apply to college it's not just filling out the application to get into the school which is its own selection process and you know what was your gpa and what were your test scores and what extracurricular activities you did you do but there's this separate for, uh, free application for federal student aid and that is the fafsa form and that is where it does look at your financial situation which is a huge component of what college will i go to or at least it should be uh, and so i think to your point that 529 plan um, if owned in the parent's name for the benefit of a student is the right way to hold that 529 um, or, or a way that would reduce that and make more available money uh, uh, for, through the FAFSA process. So more a possible merit aid, more possible um, uh, financial aid. Okay, great. Well, in terms of the um, 529 plans, there's a lot of people kind of are not exactly certain what to do. First of all, if if I'm going to to save money for college, I can throw money under my mattress. I can open a savings account and start making deposits. Um, I can give it to my uncle Tom, who 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 knows what to do with money. Um, I could I can put it into a formalized 529 plan. How do I go about finding the right like? How do I go about creating a 529 plan? Am I who am I? How am I going to get this started? There's a lot you mentioned, a lot of different plans out there. So what what are the steps? What does that look like for me? Yeah, there's probably there's probably two different responses to that, and it, it really depends on on your own personality type. Um, you know, the first is is to confirm if your state provides a uh, state tax incentive for using your in-state plan, or or if it's you know only for your plan, or if it it's for any state's, you know, 529 plan. Um, so check with your state, see if they have a have a state tax deduction that that you you would or, or could get. Um, you know, and the, and the second response is really gets down to that per, at more personal finance, sort of like you know, part psychologist, part um, 
you know, just sort of like, you know, you know, life coach. And it's, it's really just like, what's easiest, you know, it's sort of like, you know, which, which gym should I join? Should I join this one? Should I join that one? It's like, whichever gym you use, you know, it's like whichever, you know, savings vehicle, you know, you, like you will use, um, you know, some of them do provide, um, you know, I believe Fidelity, for example, provides, you know, like cash back into a 529 account, um, you know, or, or perhaps you have a lot of, you know, you know, um, you do a lot of your, you know, investment currently with, with a certain firm, um, you know, that, that should be your, you know, that could also be another source for you to, to go and see it, see if they offer a plan. Um, you know, sometimes there's, um, you know, if you work with a financial advisor, talk to your financial advisor, if, if your if your employer offers a plan, then, then you can, you know, check with them as well. But, um, you know, truth be told, it's just, you know, a, a lot of, you know, some people find it easiest to, um, you know, like the, the firm that you have your, you know, retirement assets with, you know, for example, or, or, or you, you can even ask your bank, because the bank can set up a 529 plan for you as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I know that's slightly probably less direction than, than you may have been looking for, but it's, it, it, you know, it really comes down to looking at your state's plan to see if they, they offer uh, a state tax deduction. And, and second, like wh- whatever um, will, will allow you to, you know, you know, get on the bicycle and keep going. And, and sometimes it's, a lot of times it has to do with, um, you know, just finding out where you're currently doing uh, business with and, and setting up an automatic contribution. You know, $50 a month, um, you know, may not sound um, that much to begin with, but, you know, over time, over 18 years, that does add up. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think uh, there's financial, there's calculators out there online where you can do that math where it's, you know, that $50 a month but then you compound the interest and return on that investment starts to uh, really show that that money becomes much bigger. I started uh, a 529 plan for my children, both of them when they were fairly young. And, you know, that money has, has you know, we've had a, a benefit of a good market scenario uh, over the past, you know, since 2008 uh, to where we are now, topping over the 20,000 mark. And within, so I think once you get your 529 plan, whatever administrator that, that, that you have of the plan, you still have some decisions to make. And this is, I think, where, you know, guidance is helpful in terms of what 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 investments do I pick within this plan? You know, you, you know, there's these age-based funds and there's mutual funds and there might be some index funds. And, um, you know, what, what would you, you know, advise somebody that's trying to figure out, okay, if I'm putting $50 a month or a hundred or 500 a month, depending on how long the child has until they need to, <laughs> till they're headed, headed to school. But if they're just born today and they've got 18 years and you're, you know, you're going to start a hundred dollars a month, how, how would you advise on trying to figure out which, which investments to pick within that fund? Yeah. And I agree. You know, a lot of it comes down to the um, analysis paralysis or, or different types of barriers that, that, you know, sometimes people perceive is it is it better to you know start jogging with Nike versus Adidas well you know the the most important you know critical factor is that is that you you know save and save efficiently that, that you start start the process um you know that that being said once you get to that investment choice um you know based on our on our own analysis we see that 66% of of the assets are are going into the age based tracks and and just sort of like you know if, if one thinks about the longevity of of 18 years that that a lot, a lot of families, um, you know, like like do use the age-based tracks just because it, it will rotate the the um, asset allocation for you as as um, as it kind of should over time in terms of level of risk. But you know, that being said, it's you know it's, I, I 
you know, truly believe that, you know, it's more important to save and save efficiently, um, you know, because that, that will get you a lot farther than, um, you know, do, like overanalyzing sometimes. So I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, the onus is really on, on the parents, the advisors, and, or the employer, you know, to, 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 to decide the investment lineups. But, um, you know, it's, you know, currently, you know, 66% of the, you know, assets and, and accounts are age-based. So, you know, if mm-hmm. um, you know, that that may be a good guiding post for some families. Yeah, no, that's great. Good, good feedback there. And I think what I kind of got from your your response was the key to saving is starting and and just go ahead and start. And I think I heard another part of your answer in that it's a consistent thing. You wanted to do, you know, almost automatic, and that would probably be. Uh, you know, a great way if you had it tied to a paycheck or to a day of the month where you had a certain amount of money headed into that 529 plan, that would probably be uh, a good strategy because then you get the benefit of dollar cost averaging and, and, and letting that money grow over over time and let it work for you. That's right. Awesome. Okay, well, good. Um, so any other advice you, you would have for families that are that are you know, considering college in the future one day for their children, um, on how to, you know, how to get started and, you know, what, what, what would you say there? Yeah. I mean, the, the first one would be to say that, you know, less than one, less than a half of 1% get full scholarships. Um, so I, I, I know the first time when my, you know, you know, three-year-old or three and a half year old at, at this point, you know, picked up a, a baseball and threw it as like, you know, I, I mean, Millie said like, yes, you know, d- definitely going to be a, you know, get a full ride somewhere. And, you know, we started to take her to the library at six months and yes, she'll get a full ride that way as well. But, you know, the, the real, real, like, real story is that, you know, less than half of 1%, you know, gets that full ride. So I think to the extent that, um, you know, like that, that need to save, like, regardless of any of, of those types of hurdles, um, you know, you definitely need to save and saving can be as, as simple as, you know, you know, getting a credit card that, that will put money into your 529 account. Um, you know, I think there's, there's roughly five different, you know, plans that I know of top of mind that, that do have one. And, and, um, you know, so that's a good way to just, you know, start by saving small, whether it be mm-hmm. like one or 2%, it's like, you know, then once, once you have an account, once you're kind of regularly putting money in, then, then it, then it, um, you know, the conversation rotates over that family goal of, of, you know, you know, I, I know for me, we have an entire room of, you know, a toy room. So to the extent that like, you know, the, the toy room is, is quite large and is getting filled out. It's like, you know, lo and behold, do we need more toys? Like, well, you know, I, I'm sure it's, you know, great for, you know, one or two months, but to the extent that, you know, next holiday season or, or you know, birthday or, or whatever it may be, um, asking for, you know, you know, five to nine, you know, contributions, you know, during, during that time period, as opposed to more toys, um, you know, is, is another way to go, but also just, you know, just generally just getting the family involved, you know, for this family goal. Um, so, so a couple of different touch points. Yeah. The, the, you know, scholarship, the, the, um, you know, credit card payments, the gifting aspect and, and family goal. Um, I think you mentioned maybe an email, uh, a little bit about the got college financial planning, public educational campaign. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, it's sort of like my my own um, you know you know, take on Got Milk, um, where it's like you know just just you know there's so much focus you know by by families, my, my family included, my you know my my town included, of just like getting you know every, you know the importance of of getting into the right school, not just college, but but into the right college, and um, 
you know, so much focus and time and effort, you know, being focused on, on that, but, you know, just sort of like that general cam- campaign of, of raising the, the awareness and understanding about the need to, you know, financially prepare for college, um, you know, over that 18 year period, as opposed to, you know, like, okay, now, now my son or daughter is a, you know, junior in high school. Uh, all right, let's start applying. Okay. Well, I, I, I guess we should start thinking about, you know, uh, how we pay for this, <laughs> you know, so it's just right. like, like getting that public awareness, um, you know, out there in terms of just the need to, to efficiently save and pay for college, um, you know, because, you know, I, I think I think at some point, you know, some people think that we'll, we'll get to a breaking point or a boiling point in terms of just, you know, you know, graduates graduating with too much student loan debt and, you know, too much of the, um, you know, pushing the issue down the road. So at some point, the, um, you know, the early we can start that, you know, college financial planning story um, going, the better. So. Yeah, no, that's great. I think it sounds like a great campaign and a good cause. And I think that education is huge. It's such a human condition, I think, to wait because I have time and I'll get started. Uh, you know, Johnny's just a kindergartner. I'll I'll have time to save later and, and later comes because life happens. And so, you know, you could be, like you said, a, your kid's in high school and oh my gosh, I better start saving now. Uh, so you end up in that reaction knee jerk mode where you're like, I could have started this earlier, even if to your point, $50 a month when you start. Um, but I think it's an exciting thing to see the money grow. And it has been for me when you see those statements and the returns on the market, that really starts to compound and and that money. So if I might have a thousand dollars invested to know that it's worth two or three thousand now, that's your money working for you. So that and it's tax. There's the tax benefit of that, then that you can use it without a tax consequence um, um, as you use it. So I think that's a a pretty neat thing. So how how would you say people interested in learning more about five twenty nine plans uh, can find out more information? I think you had a website that we could we could turn people to. Yep. Uh, my, my website is, um, you know, 529insiders.com, 529insiders.com. Uh, you can also connect with me on, on Twitter at, um, you know, at Paul Curley BC. Um, that's my, that's my handle, but I know Jason has a, you know, has, has your blog as well. What, what's, what's your blog? Yeah. Uh, hired graduate. So, uh, hiredgraduate.com. And, uh, I will have show notes for this episode in, uh, on the blog. And I will also, uh, have links to the different articles and topics that we referenced in the conversation today. So we'll have a transcript and, uh, a lot of good information for people. So, uh, Paul, anything, any other information that you wanted to share out there? I've got your, your Twitter handle and the website and, uh, um, I think that was that was real good. Um, I think you mentioned too there an e-newsletter um, that would be available for people. Yep, there's a there's a free uh, newsletter. It's called the the five to nine dash. Um, it, it may be easiest to uh, you know Google that one. You know five to nine dash e-newsletter or go to um, you know five to nine conference dot com slash subscribe. Uh, either one should work. And um, yeah, that's that's a newsletter. And um, and um, yeah, the the most important thing is to, to save save efficiently and. Um, you know, 529s will help you save efficiently from a tax financial aid and estate planning perspective. Awesome. Well, great, Paul. I definitely appreciate you taking the time for stopping by today, and uh, we wish you the best. Thank you so much. Talk to you. Okay, right, thanks. Bye. All right. That of this episode of the Hired Graduate Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it and found it useful. Paul provided valuable insights that should be helpful for parents as they navigate the college admissions process and consider paying for college and how to pay for college. Uh, I think that uh, we learned a lot of good information about the 529 plan and definitely appreciate Paul stopping by. 
Uh, I know that Paul is a New England Patriots fan. I did not even get a chance to talk about on the podcast today. So uh, I know the team he'll be rooting for uh, over the Super Bowl weekend. Show details can be found on our blog at www.hiredgraduate.com. The article contains the podcast link, show notes, a transcript of the show, and links to the many resources and items mentioned in this episode. Uh, Please support the show by going over to iTunes and leaving a good rating, five-star rating if possible. It takes just a minute, and the feedback will help the show uh, continue to be seen uh, by others. Follow me at Hired Graduate on Twitter for announcements of new blog articles and podcast episodes. I do appreciate it. Thanks again. And until next time, remember to be awesome. Mm -hmm.